Hello and welcome to Breadcrumbs. This is your host Ashley, aka Ash Kitten, and I'm coming at you right from my car because this is the only time that I can upload right now. So, um, I'm parked, don't worry, I'm being safe, but I have some things I have to do soon, so once I get out of the car, I have to get in that, like, mode of getting things done, and, um, it's just a lot. So, I haven't uploaded in a long time, um, I actually have about six or seven podcasts not finished that I haven't uploaded. So I'm going to be real with y'all. It's been really hard to upload. Like, I get halfway through one and then I'm like, no. And, um, and that's because of some things that have happened recently. And then I was like, well, I'm going to update everybody, but I'm going to do it after I put some positivity first, right? So I did, like, interview with my six-year-old daughter again. And, um, this time I used, um, like, the Chick-fil-A cards that have, like, you get in the kids' meal that have the questions on. They're really good questions, too. I was, like, impressed. Um, so we didn't finish that, um, mainly just because of time crunches and stuff. Um, then I was going to be like, okay, this is going to be a really emotional episode, but I'm going to let you guys know why I haven't been on for months. Months, guys, months. And, um, and it kills me that I'm not able to. Because I enjoy, like, talking to you guys and, you know, having the feedback that I get from y'all. And it just, um, it just sucks not having that because there's so much going on and before, even though there was so much going on, I had that and it made me feel better. Like, knowing that I was helping people literally makes my life better, my quality of life better. So, I'm uh, just gonna come out with everything and just tell you everything that's been going on. And, um, and so you know, and, um, maybe I will talk about it more in depth, maybe I won't, maybe next episode will just be a positive one to, you know, kind of balance out this one, because, uh, this isn't going to be, like, sunshine and rainbows, this is, this is not, um, a very happy episode, unfortunately. I'm gonna try to make it as positive as I can and put as many positive spins on it as I can, but, you know, reality is some really bad things happen and we have to look at them and and deal with them and there's not much positivity you can draw out of something like this although there is some um and and I'll go into that later so you guys are all wondering what it is um starting with um the beginning so um I mean, I feel like there's so much to tell, and I don't want this to be one of those, like, episodes that I get kind of partway through and then be like, no, you know, I'm not going to share that one, because I've done so many of those, and I just want to, um, I just want to get it off my chest, not just, you know, to let you guys in on what's going on with me, because I know that, um, being able, being relatable and being like, you know, I'm going through stuff too is an important part of this and 
helping you guys get through what you're going through by telling you what I'm going through and and um, showing you the, the things that I do, the tools that I use, the resources that I use. Um, so, out with it. Okay. It's just hard. I've done this so many times and it's still hard. Um, so, here we go. Um, so, I guess the beginning of the story starts many years ago. Like, I've told you guys about my ex and how I believed by studying psychology that he was a sociopath and a narcissist. Um, and I even, like, how to spot a narcissist, how to spot a sociopath, those are things that are on my channel that I talk about. Um, and you want to see the good in people. You want to believe that some people aren't as bad as you see them. Like, you're, that they're still capable of good. That they're not bad people, they just make bad choices. And I would say that a lot about people. I would say, you know, this person isn't a bad person. They just make bad choices. However, with this person, I couldn't say with a clear conscience that that person was a good person. Given all the things that he'd done. Case in point choked me pregnant underwater um, till I passed out um, granted he did bring me back to life after, like he did give me mouth to mouth and resuscitate me but he's the one who did that um, punched me in the face till I bled on the carpet and then got mad at me for bleeding on the carpet so then beat me worse but off the carpet so then I could clean it up um, things like that but that, that was just the physical abuse that happened in our relationship. Um, then I saw him doing other things that his morals, I could tell, were not in line. Um, he was um, trying to see this girl behind her boyfriend's back. Um, after I left him, he was using situations to manipulate. He was turning my kids against me, poisoning my children to not love me. That was hard because slowly I saw that poison sink into them and them start not believing my character and my integrity and that hurt because he had none and he was able to influence them so strongly um, this type of person this narcissistic sociopath is a very charming person and very um, sociable and people love him and my kids loved him and wanted to be just like him and it was hard to beat that as positive as I wanted to be um, and that thing is he was constantly sorry I'm fidgeting and that closing sound is me messing with my makeup palette I'm sorry I'm just I, I'm really like I have a lot of anxiety about this episode um, because it's raw. It's like real, real, real stuff. And I'm probably going to cry. And that's what I'm dreading. But we're going to get to it. So I'm prefacing everything because I want you to know everything. Um, so I was with him for 15 years. Um, after I, I left him three years ago. And that's when I started like focusing on myself. Um, when I left him, I left with literally nothing. I had nothing. I had the clothes on my back. That's it. He 
he wouldn't like, give me any money. I had a job, but my money went to his bank account. He was all about control. He was all about manipulations. He was all about himself. He was all about making himself look good. And to everybody, he did look good. To everybody, he looked like the hero father that saved the day and took on five kids when he didn't have to because the mom ran off and wanted to party. That's what it looked like. That was not the case. I left because of abuse. I left because I wanted to kill myself and killing myself was actually a better solution in my mind, which is never the solution, by the way. Never the solution, but at the time I was so depressed that in my mind killing myself was a better solution than than living with him. And I realized that that's, de that's deadly. Like, that's not positivity. That's tearing me open. That's tearing me apart. And I was bleeding in my heart every day. My heart was bleeding. My soul was bleeding. And um, if I didn't, you know, do anything about that, um, I was going to die. Like, in literal terms, I was going to die. So, um, I left. And I started seeing things from a new perspective. I started seeing so many more manipulations. And I was able to... I studied psychology and I studied sociopathy and narcissism and I realized what kind of person he was and it helped me stay away. Um, he had this uncanny ability when I left so many times during those 15 years to get me right back in his clutches. And I learned that. I learned his tactics. I learned how to combat that and how to test him and how to, because my thing would always be to see the best in people and be like, what if he's changed? What if he, he's sincere this time? And then this is the one time that I don't believe him and he goes to the dark side and he's evil forever. Well, the truth is that you cannot help people that are too far gone that they don't care about anybody else. They have to help themselves and you have to be really careful about letting them back in. You can't just accept behaviors. You can't just accept an apology even. And that's not on the side of forgiveness because I had to learn that. I had to learn that when God says, yes, forgive, it's just letting go of the resentment and the anger and all of that. And no, I haven't let go of it yet. I'm working on that. Maybe in a future episode, We'll deal with that big old pile of stuff. But I had forgiven him for everything prior, okay? I had forgiven him for the beatings, and I had forgiven him for the manipulations. I was on my three-year track to loving myself. Um, I'm still on that track because I had a big setback recently. And I'm going to go into that, but like I said, I'm just trying to preface it. Trying to get your heart ready for what you're about to hear. Um, so, he had the kids against my wishes we had equal rights i don't understand how he had all this control but his the way that he survived in life all of his life the way he pushed through was through control and manipulations um and as i've mentioned before Bad things did happen to him as a child. He had a horrendous childhood that I couldn't even imagine. Um, but it give him gives him no excuse to be a horrible human being. If you had bad things to happen to you when you're a child, um, or in your life period, it gives you no reason to be bitter. It gives you no reason to hurt people. It gives no reason to do evil things. It gives you no reason. That's not a reason. 
that's a reason to change your life instead of getting bitter, getting better. And instead of, you know, switching up just that one letter in your life by going and getting therapy and trying and pushing and finding podcasts about positivity and changing your perspective because he didn't and he is responsible and should be held accountable for his actions um and and not just the actions with him like poisoning my children against me that's the tip of the iceberg guys that's like even though that was horrible and I was enduring a horrible amount of deep heart pain because I as many lies he spoke about me I would not I would not come to my children and talk bad about him so that that was hard in their minds because they're like, well, mom doesn't say anything bad about dad. But in their minds, they don't understand that that's just being the bigger person and not starting stuff and just trying to be a um, peacemaker. Instead, they think, well, nothing's being said bad about dad. And must, there must not be any bad about dad. Dad's a good person. Mom's the one everybody's, or not everybody, but... Well, I would say everybody um, around them because he had influence over everyone around them too. Other people were whispering in their ear what he was whispering in their ears. And it was just a continuous thing of like, she abandoned her kids. She doesn't care about her kids. She doesn't love them. She just wants to go off and party. So there were lies being spread about me um, uh, consistently with my kids hearing it long enough. They started believing it and having a resentment towards me and it was hard and I would you know I'd be patient with them my kids told me that they hated me and they never wanted to speak to me and I would just be patient I would say why do you feel that way I'm sorry you feel that way talk to me I love you and and um instead of saying oh was is it because your dad was saying crap about me because I could tell you crap about him and another thing is, I was, like, trying to combat that a little bit by saying, like, what have you been told about me? And they would say, you know, oh, well, Dad said that all you do is drink all the time. Well, funny thing is, and I've explained this in some of my podcasts, I can't drink alcohol. I get violently sick. And I'm not talking about a little bit. I mean, I'm not ta- talking about a lot. I'm talking about a tiny, tiny portion tiny tiny portion of what someone would drink to like relax like one glass of wine I'd be throwing up all night like a a crazy sick person um well let's say like I would say two glasses because one glass gets me so tipsy that's beyond like control my stomach hurts and I'm like if I don't go to bed I'm going to probably pass out it's like having a full night of drinking and you're on the verge of like I'm gonna throw up everywhere but instead I'm gonna go to sleep two I'm definitely throwing up there's just gonna it's just just I'm gonna get sick so I don't drink I don't like it I don't like the feeling of not being in control of my body um so I just I don't indulge in those things I don't judge either like there are people who have glasses of wine when they come home and relax I know people who drink it's not a judgment that I have um, you know, that's to each his own. I know people who smoke medical marijuana. I know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I'm not a judgmental person, but I was being judged on something that wasn't true in my life. So I would tell my children, well, where are you hearing this? You know, like, your dad, your dad, okay, well, honey, that's not true. Dad doesn't lie. Dad's never lied to me. Don't talk to me like that. 
like this defensiveness that was just like a wall around my kids, that, around their hearts that I was trying to consistently, um, you know, break down that wall. And they uh, consistently fought me on it because they were loyalists. They were very loyal to their father and what he said was truth and they would not accept anything but. Um, so that was really hard. And being told things about myself that weren't true and having to somewhat apologize for them in a way. Like I didn't say like, I'm sorry, I'm an alcoholic because I'm not, but I would be like, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry that you are upset with me. I'm sorry. And I would just constantly tell my kids that I love them and that no matter how they feel about me, I'll still love them. And, um, I told myself I'm not going to cry. Stop it. <sighs> but, um, and this isn't even the part that I thought I was going to cry on. Jeez. So, I, um, I would just consistently, you know, be patient with them. They'd flip out on me, tell me they hate me, they don't want to come stay with me, they don't want to, you know, anything with me, they don't want to spend time with me, I'm not there for them, and, um, you know, a lot of this happened after a four-month period of time where he confused them terribly by inviting a woman to live with them, um, shortly after, excuse me, shortly after I left, um, he started seeing one of my old friends, um, who I wouldn't really consider a friend on my part. Like I said before, I kind of got rid of negative people in my life. Um, so that was one of the people that I got rid of out of my life. Um, not to say that I still didn't keep them as an acquaintance because I'm not going to just like, you know, like shut people out unless they're detrimentally hurting me. Um, this person was not a positive friendship. It was one way. So, um, I was there for all of her problems and she kind of wasn't a dependable friend. But I wouldn't say she was a bad person. I just would say that, you know, like there was a lot of drama and toxicity that I just didn't want to keep in my life. And I, there was a time when I just decided to cut out all the negativity. And in my um, podcast about the um, positivity bank account, that's um, really what that's about is that it was costing me so much positive energy to maintain that friendship that I, I just had to take, you know, take my losses as a friend and just, you know, cut off that friendship in a deep way. I still was like, hi, how you doing? Blah, blah, Like, I still had a, you know, somewhat of a, um, where she could still reach out to me sometimes, but I wasn't that, that punching bag when she needed a punching bag anymore. So, um, anyway, I kept, I kept a wall up, like, in a way to protect myself in that friendship. Come to find out, he starts seeing her and moves her in two days after they started seeing each other. She's in another state. He moves her down and to live in with my kids. Um, immediately I'm replaced, literally, like, not just her moving in. That didn't, I mean, that bothered me because I'm like, who moves in with somebody, like, immediately? But again, like, I'm trying not to be judgmental. I'm like, okay, you know, like, 
I don't think that she's the worst person in the world. Um, she's not a very great friend on the friendship scale, but, you know, she, I didn't think it was, like, toxic, extremely toxic or being around my kids. So, as long as, like, she's not a druggie and, you know, like, doing really toxic things around my children, then I'm not going to judge his love life. Like, that's not who I am. So, he moved her in, like, two days after they met. Uh, I mean, not met, but started talking. Because he met her through me years ago, but they didn't really know each other. Like, they'd only seen each other, like, two times before that. So, they ta started talking on Facebook. Two days later, got back, or got together. Um, she moved down. He told my kids, you no longer have your other mother. This is your new mother. So, in their mind, they're like, okay. And they were questioning it at first, but then they just kept being told that. Like, this is your mom. You call her mom. Your other mother, you can call whatever you want, but you're not going to call her mother or mom. And so, um, my teenage daughter was like, well, what do I call her? What do I call my mom? Like, who I've been calling my mom. And he's like, well, a mom is somebody who takes care of you. And this person is about to start taking care of you. So that's your mom. Your old mom abandoned you and doesn't care about you. So all she did really was bring you into this world. You can call her whatever you want. Um, I'd prefer the term B-word. So my daughter's like, oh, cool, I can call my mom the B-word. Sweet. So yeah. Then, um, uh, other things too, which he condoned. But, so past that, um, during their relationship, it was about four months long, I was not able to see my kids which really bothered me. Um, we, he was in the middle of filing for a divorce because apparently he wanted to marry her. Um, I think like they were gonna get married in October, actually, this past October. Um, that was their like set goal. Oh, no, 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 no. Not this past October, the October before that because this, hap this happened a year ago a little over a year ago and she was like living you know there for only like four months and then it was gonna be another like two or three months they were gonna get married so um, so sorry I had the details mixed up a little bit um, so we moved her in she became the new mom took care like the house cooked cleaned etc etc um, and then she started recognizing abusive patterns. She is someone who came from a pattern and history of abuse and abusive relationships, lots and lots of them. So she didn't like being treated that way and um, and she had a checkered past of things, but um, at the current moment that she was there with my kids, she didn't do drugs or anything, she just smoked cigarettes and stuff. Like, um, her checkered past wasn't the present, and I don't judge people on their past, like I said. But she would not be the choice person, character-wise, like, that, that I would want as a role model for my kids. Like, a only role model. Like, 
meetuping in their lives, that's the only female that they were looking up to for four months. I tried calling, I tried coming through, coming by. Um, my kids lived there and went to school there and it was an hour away. So um, part of that would get like shoved in my face, which your choice, you moved an hour away. Um, but then he moved to, to another place. So it was just hypocritical stuff, but my kids fell into that pattern of like, okay, well, this is our new mom. Like, this is what we do. This is our family. And, um, and then she left. So my kids were broken up. They hadn't seen me in like four months because he wouldn't let me. And like I said, he was going through with the divorce. Um, so I was trying to petition in the divorce, um, custody, uh, like half and half, 50-50 custody, and, um, and I looked at his divorce paperwork, and it was all, like, he wanted, like, $20,000 for alimony, um, even though he's the one that cheated on me, like, more than plenty times, um, and then, and I didn't cheat on him, he would convince me that I did, but I didn't. Like, he would say that me um, talking to people at work was cheating, things like that, but he actually, like, did the deed with other people, and I didn't, and I didn't even come as far as, like, you know, like, kissing another person while we were together. So, he, he gaslighted me pretty bad when we were together, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I learned about all that stuff after. Um, and if you don't know what gaslighting is, because I want to be very clear about everything that I say, gaslighting is when someone uses something on you that is really on about themselves. They will sit there and call you crazy and say you're manipulating and you're the one that has issues when it's really them who does and you're actually not the person with those issues. He gaslighted me a lot. Um, and just made me, like, he called me a cheater, but I wasn't the cheater. He was. And believe it or not, that tactic worked for a long time. I'd be like, man, I'm a horrible person. You know, I shouldn't have talked to someone at work for longer than a minute. I should just do my business and nothing be about anybody. Because I would, like, be, like, trying to give advice, you know, and, like, hook people up and, you know, at work and, and brighten people's day and find out how their life is going and stuff and he would convince me that that's cheating that I'm I'm I care about someone's life too much to be a married woman you know so again later on I realized all those things were very toxic but at the time that was my life so fast forward to um he moved again to a place further away from where I was at, so that was hard, getting, driving to go see my kids. Um, after those four months, I had to integrate myself back into their lives, because four months out of children's lives is a long time. And, um, and like I said, in the divorce, I was trying to petition, like, custody, you know, being able to 50-50, but also I was trying to get visitation right away, and he wasn't following through with his lawyer, so we never even got to the part where we could go sit in a room and talk. Keep in mind, we both have the same amount of custody. It's 100%. It's not 50-50. We literally have married joint custody at that point. Um, I could have picked those kids up and taken them away, and he would have to do the same thing as I was doing. The thing is, he had a mental control over them. So I did 
get them to come stay with me and um, he he um, convinced them that that wasn't the best thing and they decided not to stay with me. I had rules and he was like, you know, would make fun of my rules because I actually had a bedtime. He let my kids stay up all hours of the night. My poor um, youngest child at the time was like seven or eight and um, he was staying up till five and six in the morning and then going to school. So not getting any sleep, then sleeping in class um, and you know, like, all the kids would just be up all night playing video games and they were allowed and he was the fun dad and he he got they got to do whatever they wanted and if they wanted to go walk somewhere far away they could do that or ride their bike or he didn't keep tabs on them so like 12 o'clock rolled around and some of them would stroll home and including my seven-year-old and like at the time he was seven when you know he was out and doing stuff all the way till he was about like eight or nine he's nine now so nine yeah yeah till he's nine um and then um you know my teenagers literally could do anything they wanted um they were doing drugs and he was just like yeah like let me tell you about what I've done in my life what kind of drugs I've done how cool they are and he was, he was just the worst possible role model for these kids and so but they still thought of him as like the cool dad because he spoke their lingo and like even though I did too because like I feel like I'm a kid at heart too like I'm like that's lit you know but <laughs> but they were like cringe when I did it and like for him it was like oh he's the coolest dad in the world and um so it kind of like made me like what does he have that I don't have like I don't get it I have rules and he doesn't like, there were rules about being, you know, up past a certain time because of school. Anyway, I got my kids, um, some of them, a couple of them, when they came to stay, and I brought them to live with me, and they were conspiring about running away with him. Like, they were like, we're gonna, I'm gonna go to the gas station after school, and you can pick me up there, and then we'll go back home, because that's my home, not with mom. So, and he condoned it, and he was, like, all for it. So, this fighting tug of war back and forth over my kids, I realized it was a losing battle. Like, I had to just stay stable and wait for the bottom to fall out with him and wait for, um, you know, a miracle. So, I prayed, what's done in the dark will be brought to light. Every day, what's done in the dark will be brought to light. Lord, what's done in the dark will be brought to light. Little did I know that everything that I didn't even know about done in the dark was going to be brought to light. So, um, my, I noticed before I left that my teenage daughter, or at the time she was 11 when I left, so she was 11. When I left him, he had a very weird relationship with my preteen daughter. It was not just a father-daughter relationship it was something really odd and it stuck out and I I my gut was telling me something's wrong and I would question it and I would go to him and I would go to her is your dad doing anything and she would say no and I would ask him are you doing anything and he would say no and I consistently 
did things, like, there were, there were, like, things that would happen, like, for instance, when we were together, he would wake up in her bed, and I'd be like, um, that's not okay, cause, and I would flip out, like, I wouldn't just be like, oh, well, that's not okay, I would, like, like, pull him out of the bed, and, like, yell at him, and, like, try to figure out, like, what reason he has sorry I got interrupted real quick um so like back to what I was saying um I didn't know anything a hundred percent like I didn't have any proof of any kind but it is not okay for a father to wake up in his teenage daughter's bed it's just not okay it's not um the way he looked at her it was just things that you just you just know maybe it's because I'm a prophetess no one else saw it everyone thought I was crazy and it was so difficult fighting that because people were like why are you saying these things you can't that's a heavy accusation and you can't accuse a father of something like that and I would just be like is something wrong there's just something wrong and, like, what am I going to do? Call the cops and just say, I have a feeling there's something wrong. There had to be, like, actual evidence. And I would snoop and I would try and I would, like, nothing. So, he, would, he convinced me I was going crazy. He would tell me, like, you're disgusting thinking those things because that's my daughter. And I would never think about her in that way. And so, I'm like, like, just this doesn't feel right. And never once in the history of ever has my gut ever been wrong. Ever. I'm just saying, like, I'm a prophetess. I think that's part of it. But my gut has never been wrong. Not ever been wrong with his cheating. Not ever been wrong with his doing things behind my back, like drugs. Like, literally any time. And there were times when there was, like, no proof of him, like, doing anything. And I'd be like, I just know. So just tell me. And he'd be like, what? No. And he would gaslight me. And then I would find out. And I'm like the whole time I knew and you still denied it and he'd be like you know like yeah sucks being married to a prophetess because you always figure it out but when it was this I couldn't like before I could be like I just know that he's cheating he's acting different people kind of went along with that more than they would like I just know that he is um hurting our daughter they, no one wanted to believe that. No one would believe that. And I got the worst um, outcasted that could possibly be. And that um, that was, like, how I got treated. Like, how dare you? You know, you left him and then you're going to, like, throw it on him. Like, he's doing this to his child. And, you know, a lot of people hurt me in that time and I'm not going to talk about that because they were also fooled by a person so and they they were loyal to that person and believed that person and they didn't themselves have any proof one way or the other so um so I'm not angry at them and I forgive them um but that's the life that I was living for three years a lot of people against me including my own kids because they were also gaslighted too or not gaslighted they were also they were also seeing the projection onto me and believing that I was a horrible person for assuming that or for, um, for thinking that. Um, 
Come to find out, it was true the entire time. Since the age of 11, he was abusing my daughter every single day. Sexually. Every single day. He, um... I'm not going to cry. He... He's in jail right now. She came to me October 1st, or actually September 31st. Um, the events that led up to him getting arrested were... I was praying, like, what's done in the dark be brought to light. And I realized that um, more can be done in the dark away from me than around me. So I sacrificed my living situation where I was at. And I didn't do it the right way. I just basically up and left. Like, I was like, I need to be with my kids. And I shouldn't have done it in that way. Um, because I was in a living situation that was mutual agreement and stuff. But also in 2020 vision, like looking back in retrospect, um, I don't believe that I would have found out if I weren't living there with him. So no, I didn't get back in the relationship with him. He and I had a platonic agreement for me to move back into the house. And for him, it was a manipulation. He had no car and now he had a car because I had a car. So he offered for me to move in. And in my mind, I knew like what kind of person he was. I didn't know what he was capable of as far as with my daughter, but I knew that he was a crappy person. Given all the signs of everything he's done, he didn't ever do anything for anybody but himself. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I know I'm going to get used, but I'm going to be around my kids. And at least they're, mm -hmm. at the very least, they're going to see my consistency in loving them and wanting to spend time with them in my patience and my understanding and my always wanting to be there. And I'll physically be there so he can't say that I'm not there, you know? Like, he can't be like, oh, your mom's never there. But I'm like, literally right there. So if they need to come to me, they can come to me, you know? So I was trying to fight that stigma that he had placed on me through my children. So, um... I moved in and um, I noticed some weird things and like um, he was at that time seeing this is like three years later this is this past October like or well I moved in um, August September October September I moved in September like around September 1st um, this past September like to 2019 um, and I noticed some weird behavior out of him. He was seeing this girl that had a boyfriend and he was like acting like he was madly in love with her. But he was getting more and more and more desperate because she wouldn't leave her boyfriend. So he was getting more and more crazy about it. Like, um, I don't know, like just weird stuff. Like he sprayed a bed with his cologne and then gave that couple his bed. He was definitely seeing her behind the boyfriend's back, but he was he was just upset that even though they were doing stuff, she wouldn't leave her boyfriend. Like he he would constantly say like I'm better than him, I'm better looking than him, I make more money than him. He doesn't even have a job. He's a loser. Blah blah. blah and he'd constantly do that. And she was he was poisoning 
the girlfriend against her own boyfriend and she was getting close to leaving him um they got into a lot of fights and um and it was just a really weird dynamic but he was always over there so I was able to spend a lot of time with my kids and they were starting to like actually warm up to me and I realized that that was the right decision moving in there even though I got treated like garbage it was worth it to see my kids start seeing like you know like no matter what I was still like patient and there for them however I could not be an authority figure in that sense at that time because he did not allow me authority. He took all the authority to himself, so I couldn't ground my kids. I couldn't anything because they wouldn't listen. Like if I said, because um, they'd cuss, and I'd be like, you can't cuss. Oh, well, I don't care what you say. You just live here because dad's letting you live here. Like that was their mentality. Not that I'm their mom and they have to listen to me. So they were, geez, they were still engaging in pretty awful behaviors. And I was trying to correct that, but I couldn't correct that. But I realized that even though I couldn't correct that at that moment in time, that as long as they saw me consistently there for when things happened, like my, one of my boys, he was going through a breakup and he would come to me and be like, I don't know what to do. And, you know, and I was there. So I saw him start slowly engaging in um in a in our relationship and and actually like opening up and those walls slowly breaking down um and i mean i would like see the tiniest bit of light peer through and i'm super positive about it i'd be like he said i love you to me yes this is the best day of my life or she said that she wanted to give me a hug so like just things like that so i was just clinging to every bit of positivity that I could, fighting through all the negativity with the most amount of positivity that I could muster. Um, Being torn down by this other person daily and just being, dealing with all the negativity of his life, like hearing him talk in front of my children about things he shouldn't be talking about and about like, you know, putting down that girl's boyfriend and you know being like he's loser he's an alcoholic blah blah and the funny thing is I I was starting to be like wait a minute these are things he said about me you know like I didn't believe any of these things because he literally said all these crazy things about me I was crazy that you know because I didn't have a job sorry I got interrupted again it seems that whenever I'm doing my podcast um people are like worried about me because I'm in my car like talking to my phone and people who know me are like oh my god is she okay like it's okay though so um I may not actually be able to get to all of it because I only have 15 minutes left I'm gonna try um or 18 minutes left but still um so I noticed like all that like and I knew he was a selfish person he was passing bad morals onto my kids and like they were just like able to cuss and they were able to do whatever they wanted and I would tell him I would go to him and I'd say like it bothers me that my kids are cussing he'd be like what do you want they hear all these words all over the place why can't they cuss like it makes no sense they're they should be allowed to do whatever they want no 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 they shouldn't they're they're 
they're not supposed to be able to do whatever they want. You're supposed to be a parent and keep them from doing whatever they want. You're supposed to decide what is good and what is bad for them. And it wasn't just the cussing. My kid was skipping school and and um, stealing, you know. And I would notice the signs of stealing. Like, I'm pretty intuitive. I notice things. My kid coming home with something brand new? No, your friend didn't give you that. His mama paid way too much money for that phone for you to be coming home saying that somebody gave it to you. Okay? And it's not just like one thing. It would be like constantly, like almost every day. Literally, each one of my kids, well, like out of three, out of five of my kids, three of them would be coming home, well, two of them would be coming home with things at least every other day. One of the the other ones came home with stuff like once a month or something and be like, look what my friend gave me. But it was just this constant, look what my friend gave me, look what my friend gave me. I'm like, is your friend like a famous person or super rich or their parents don't care about just throwing money down the toilet? And I would tell him and he'd be like, you have no proof that he stole that. Why would you say that? You're accusing my son. And then he would go to my son and be like, your mom thinks you're a thief. And he wouldn't approach it in a parent way. He would be like gossipy about it. So then my kid would be resentful again. And I'd have to start all over with breaking down those walls. So it was hard. But I kept praying. What's done in the dark will be brought to light. What's done in the dark will be brought to light. And... I must say, like, I feel like everything I've ever prayed has come into fruition. Every single thing I've ever prayed. Everything that meant everything to me that I've prayed has really, like, worked. It's worked. Prayer works. Um, And this prayer worked bigger and deeper than I've ever even imagined. Because I thought what's done in the dark was brought to light is that he was manipulating and, um, you know doing that to my kids and they were going to start seeing the manipulations and my daughter started seeing it um I think I talked a little bit about that before is that I started seeing the hope in her because she he would promise things and not deliver that was part of you know who he was he 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 literally was not even a good dad you know like he would be like all right we're gonna go to the beach this weekend and then you know like not go or like just a lot of things and when he did do something he would want like accolades for it like he would want to just be like constantly lifted up for it he went to my daughter's chorus concert and rubbed that in my face but he didn't tell me about it until 30 minutes before it started and I kept saying like when's it coming give me the date so I can get off work give me the date so I can get off work he never gave me the date so I didn't know that it was the day or you know I didn't know the day that it was and 30 minutes before that, he thought he was going to, like, trick me. He called me and was like, oh, yeah, so are you on your way? And I'm like, wait, what? I'm on my way. I'm not... Way where? On my way where? And he's like, to our daughter's chorus concert? I've been telling you about it for a couple months. I'm like, oh, yeah, you've been telling me that it's coming, but not when. Not the date, like I asked for. And so, uh, and I asked my daughter, and she was just not good with times and dates, so... I um, was not really allowed access to the school information because he took me off the contact list. So it was just like, just tell me the date. And he said he would. So I didn't think he would, like, I should have known. But anyway, so he told me 30 minutes before I was 30 minutes away. So I was like, look, boss, 
I'm going to my daughter's course concert. If I have a job when I come back, cool. If I don't, cool. But I'm not going to let my daughter down. And I know this seems like really petty to you, but it's huge in my eyes to my children. And I, this is really huge. So if you don't let me go, I'm going anyway. And my boss was like, I'm not saying it's okay for you to walk out that door, but I'm also not saying you don't have a job when you come back because you're a good worker. So I was like, okay, well, I'm walking out the door. So I'm sorry. Like, that's, that's just it. My kids are more important. And I got there right after her solo, go figure. And he rubbed that in my face. Like, call oh, your mom wasn't there when you really needed her. If she really wanted to be there on time, she would have been in there on time. And so I was only there for like the group performance and stuff. But I did get there. Um, and, and to be fair, I actually did get there during her solo, but the doors were shut until in between songs because they wouldn't allow distractions with the door being open. So I was only a few minutes late and I would have gotten there in time to see her, but you know, that's their rules. It's not their fault that he did that to me. So, um, so I had endured all of these things constantly over and 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 um even living there I was enduring my share of you know like things if he didn't like something I had to back down because I, he was gonna kick me out and I my goal was like I had somewhere to go like if I needed to um I was actually starting to be pretty stable um away from him but I realized like the only way I'm gonna get through to my kids is physically being there because he's not gonna allow me to penetrate through those walls externally um so I um with my daughter she started seeing like you know that he wasn't following through on things that and he would lie to them and she started seeing it she started witnessing the abusive behavior and she started witnessing things and she was questioning a lot of things like first she was a loyalist to him 100% but also there was stuff going on that I didn't know about that was also making her question things um so my goal was to show the kids what kind of person he was or let him show what kind of person he was and also show what kind of person I was um without me just saying it and talking crap and being like oh guess what your dad beat me and did all this stuff because actually they didn't know about that past because I didn't believe that they should have known about that like I didn't want to be the one talking crap and they the thing about him is that if I would have said any of that anyways, they wouldn't have believed me um, because he had them so wrapped and like wrapped up pretty tight. Um, so I just basically just kept pushing forward and just trying to find every little way that I could to prove myself to my kids. Um, by constantly keeping my word, by um, just being there for them and just like showing them that like consistent, I was consistent and that I wasn't wishy-washy. And then when I said something, like I, um, even in my regular life, like if something wasn't right, I was going to stand up for it. I was going to stand up for doing what's right, even if it cost me friendships, even if it cost me 
things because I wanted to for them to see my moral compass more than anything um you know like I struggled because um I for a little while I struggled with cursing so like not cursing around them was like um something I had to do to prove to them like I'm not just saying that I don't think you should do it I'm saying that I don't think I should do it and again I don't like judge people like people curse all the time I think it's words of expression it's just that kids shouldn't be doing it so who am I to sit there and cuss in front of them if they shouldn't be doing it like that that's not I didn't think that was okay so um things like that like I I didn't I didn't want to be a hypocrite to them I wanted to consistently show them a moral compass and I wanted to show them that no matter what I do what is right if um it comes to a situation where like you know like I find a wallet on the ground instead of being like oh look I found this wallet and look how much how rich I am which is something their dad would have done and been like oh you snooze you lose or what's mine is what finders keepers I'd be like there's an ID in the wallet I can turn this in someone's gonna claim it and their ideas in it you know like and I wouldn't steal and I would like constantly show my kids that moral compass and um and I think that deep down they saw that um but at that time still what their side their dad said that what their sad dad said did that it's too early in the morning oh but I promised myself this time I'm gonna follow through with this podcast so I'm gonna follow through with it guys I'm actually gonna do it and I'm not going to just delete it or save it in the archives and not upload it I'm gonna do it sun is beaming on my face I'm gonna do it all right so I knew that he was violent with me when he and I were together and I saw one of the biggest things that I saw was that he was hateful downright hateful to my oldest son um he was his new scapegoat I think I mentioned this prior in another uh, episode, but he was that person that I was. He took all the abuse. He would cut him down. He would be like, are you stupid? Um, don't back talk me. And he would physically abuse him. Like, it, I didn't know about the physical abuse until I was living there, and I saw him knock him out. Well, I didn't see. Okay, so I was in the other room with my noise-canceling headphones on, okay? Noise-canceling headphones. Good ones, not beats, but good ones. Um, and these noise canceling headphones usually cancel out a lot of noise. And my kids are pretty loud and crazy because they're allowed to do whatever they want to do at the time. So there were times when it overwhelmed me and I would just listen to music or something. And um, I had my noise canceling headphones on and I heard bullying like you know like like intimidated bullying or intimidation bullying like oh you gonna you gonna say something you gonna say something you gonna say something you say something say something now say something now and I'm like oh oh that's not good and I heard it through noise canceling headphones so I, I took the, off the headphones to listen like what's going on is he is he gonna hurt my child 
So I listened. I didn't want to walk in the room because I thought that, um, you know, he was, it was just like the words, you know, kind of thing. And it scared me a little bit. His escalated behavior was just like, what's going to happen, you know? So I listened in just for a short period of time, but then I heard him hit him. I heard him and then I, my son was like bawling, right? He was like crying like, dad, please don't, no, stop. And then it went quiet after the hit. I heard the hit and I heard like a slump fall, like, cause I was listening intently. And then I heard it go quiet on my son's part. It went dead quiet. Like going from like hyperventilating crying like <gasps> to dead quiet. And I'm like, wait a second, he just knocked him out. He just actually knocked him unconscious. So I I stepped out. My son had already come to, but he literally said it. He said, You knocked me unconscious. And he was back crying again. And um he went in the corner and started crying. He's this boy's 15 years old. He's crying in a corner. His dad walks off. It's his dad's birthday at that time. It's his dad's birthday. And he's like, you ruined my birthday. You sorry piece of S-H-I-T. Blah, blah, blah. And saying like, you know, my blood pressure is so high. You're going to give me a heart attack. And I'm like, what did he do? And he said he like back talked him. And I'm like, oh, what did he say? Because I get it. Like my blood pressure gets escalated when my kids back talk me but you can't really expect too much when you let the kids just run rampant and do whatever they want you know like you can't expect them to be able to cuss and then not cuss at you you can't expect them to not have respect for other authority but have respect for you you have to instill those things into them and um if the only thing that you're ruling by is fear then that's a pretty sorry way to rule your kids and um, they're not going to respect you. They're just going to fear you. And eventually when you're no longer um, over them in any way, like physically, they're just going to beat you up because in their mind there's no nothing stopping them. There's You're not an authority figure. You're just teaching them that like the bigger person physically is going to win. And one day that could be them. Um, kind of like animals think, you know, one day the dad gets old and the kid's young and buff. That's, that's how alphas become alphas in animal worlds, like wolves. But we have brains, logical ones, parts of our brain that wolves don't have, thinking logically. And that, that shouldn't happen. Um, so... Then I called the cops because he knocked my son out. Um, cops came and they were like, what happened? So I told them everything that I told you. I was listening to his canceled headphones, blah, blah. Did you see him hit him? No, I didn't. I heard it. You didn't see it. No, but my six-year-old daughter did and she's cowering in the closet because she saw it. They asked her in her words. So dad hit brother brother went to sleep for a few seconds brother woke up cried went in the corner they still didn't do anything about it. well at first they were like well yeah this sounds serious we're gonna go talk to him so they um 
one second. Um, sorry, I'm gonna have to continue in the next segment. Um, it won't be anything for y'all, just keep listening. But, um, for me, I have 30 seconds left to finish this or I'm going to get cut off. You didn't have to cut me off. Sorry. Um... I get weird when I get emotional because, um, I'm trying not to think about it. Alright, so I will see you guys in the next segment. You don't do anything. Just keep listening. So, um, yep, you'll be able to find out the whole story coming up soon. Sorry the preface took so long. It's just I wanted you guys to understand it. Okay. So I'm not going to try to make this forever long because I don't want to go two hours. Um, And y'all just listened to an hour of me rambling. But I just wanted you guys to really know the background part. So we're almost there. We're like so close to being there. But um, there's still so much more that I could talk about. But I'm going to be talking about like the aftermath stuff um, in a future like episode i'm just gonna give you guys a rundown basically um and then i'm gonna i'm gonna like work through it with y'all because i'm working on stuff and so this is what i'm gonna do so um so i um called the cops they talked to me they talked to my daughter who witnessed it with her eyes told me doesn't lie told me he hit him on the side of the head and knocked him out cops look at him take pictures of his face there's no marks on his face of course he hit him in the temple that's something that he had continuously done to me like he learned because at the very beginning like he didn't he didn't know that leaving marks and stuff was gonna also implicate him so like he would leave marks on me in the beginning of our relationship and then people would be like oh my god like they didn't even have to they didn't even have to ask they just knew because i'm not gonna like punch myself in the face you know it's like black eyes and stuff like that but that stopped because he didn't want people thinking he was a bad person so um he would either grab me to like bruise me but like on my arms and stuff or he would kick me in the shins he would choke me um, or he'd hit me upside the head and it would knock me out. Probably been, uh, knocked unconscious because that was his tactic on the side of the head, which happens to be the place where you can get knocked unconscious the easiest. So that was his tactic was not to leave marks, but it would not, it would knock me unconscious. So I'd probably been knocked unconscious probably about, um, a dozen times, um, total in the amount of time that we, when we were together. So, um, I knew exactly like what my son like had like how it went down because it would only be for a few seconds like I would get know I would be getting hit and then wake up on the floor and be like that just happened and now it would hurt you know but it wouldn't leave any marks so anyway cops took pictures of his face it didn't leave any marks um let me go talk to him before they went and talked to him though they were kind of on my side they were like yeah though that should not happen this little girl is terrified blah 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 and you know they go talk to him they he charmed the pants off of them i don't know what to say like i don't know how he did it but they came back and were like oh he's full within his parental rights i mean like if my kid said the things that he said 
I'd smacked him silly too, you know, like he didn't do anything. There's no marks on the kid. There's nothing. We're not going to consider this child abuse. He said that it's like a once in, you know, a rare occurrence. You're saying that you just moved in, so you've never seen it before. I honestly, you know, like, and I was like, well, he used to beat me. So that was his tactic, you know, like hitting the side of the head to leave no marks. And they were like, yeah, your old, your personal life, like that doesn't affect this. So. I just got shut down like okay well and he was in like this heaven egotistical heaven when they left he was like ah you thought you could call the cops on me seriously he was laughing at me and like just and then like told his son like you're in trouble you are in big trouble I'm like what did he do I called the cops not him like sitting there and saying that I knocked him out I'm like he but you did you literally did he's like no I barely popped him on the mouth I'm like he's a 15 year old boy if you barely popped him on the mouth he wouldn't hit the floor he's like he threw himself on the floor I'm like literally what he would tell people about me when he beat me so I know like I know that he's lying so I'm like this person cannot be the like he cannot have custody of these kids like he cannot what's done in the dark will be brought to light and at that point I was praying that harder than ever because literally um couldn't stand the fact that he got away with just knocking his son senseless and unconscious and then has the audacity to um charm the cops the audacity after they left to be like oh what are you gonna do there's nothing you can do and at that point, I was like, oh, I'm getting kicked out for sure. Because I called the cops on him and, like, he's going to kick me out. But I forgot something. He needed my car. So he didn't kick me out. He wanted to. And if he had a car at that time, because he was, like, dead set on buying a car. Like, saving up his money and buying a car. And so, um, he decided that, uh... It was okay for me to stay, and he expected an apology, so I apologized so I could stay, but I knew kind of, like, like, at first I thought, like, oh, I'm done for, like, you know, I have to apologize in order to keep my place to stay. He wanted me to beg, he wanted me to plead, but it wasn't really to keep my place to stay, it was to stay around my kids, because I, like I said, I had somewhere before that that I just up and left, and, like, I just wanted to be right there with my kids I was tired of driving an hour and a half away to see them and then him deny me seeing them lots of times because of time constraints and all this stuff so I was like me living there that's the only way I'm gonna see my kids and I saw them every day and I'd get them up for school and I would deal with the fact that they stayed up all night and I had no say so over that and I would deal with the um underhanded comments that he made about me and just constantly like putting me down and and the hardest part wasn't that the hardest part was seeing the roads my kids were going down with the cussing and the stealing and the lying and all the stuff drugs and you know it was bad so um and my oldest teenage daughter was in homeschool like a virtual school um and that's because she had missed 60 something days the prior year of school and he would tell me like I can't force her to go to school. So I was like, well, she's got to get an education. So 
he's like, well, you know, I dropped out, blah, blah, blah. And she was considering dropping out, but you can't at her age. You couldn't. And she was 14 at the time. So, couldn't drop out. Actually, 13 at the time. Turning 14. She just turned 15 just a few days ago. But, um, the, the thing is, she was about... 13 or 14 when she started um on florida online school and she was doing the online school thing and stuff i i wanted to throw that in there because that's a big part of like what i'm about to tell you so um here i am like knowing that i'm gonna have to beg to stay even though like i really didn't have to because he just wanted me to feel like i had to like he wanted me to feel like I need to put my tail between my legs and beg him to keep my place to live. So I did. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But deep down I knew, like, I did the right thing. And I told my kids that. I said, if I had to do it again, I would do it again. And the son that it happened to was like, you know, I don't ever want to go against dad like that. And he apologized to his dad for everything that he did. And I realized that, again, that was literally me in the relationship that he and I were in where I would apologize to him even though he hit me he never apologized to his son he still blamed him for ruining his birthday and he would put him down on everything like everything he you would think that this kid is the worst kid in the world but I would say like hey son can you take out the trash yes ma'am no other kid every other kid did what they wanted and like didn't listen I would say can you do this Ugh, I'm good Ooh, I'm not cleaning that but you just made that mess Ugh. I'll do it when I get back and they wouldn't do it so like it was just overwhelming five kids in a place where they're not doing anything uh, to keep themselves like keep clean after themselves it gets disgusting quick and they had lived in a trailer um when we weren't together in this nasty trailer where there was like bugs there was like roaches there was rats there was maggots all the time like I couldn't go in there when I was visiting my kids I made them come to where I was at because I couldn't like physically go in there they were there for like a year I was gone out of their life well not out of their lives but out of his life Uh, I left him like for three years so at this point it's like about little over three years but um he um he didn't mind living in that garbage like and it was where they were where I was living it was semi-new when I moved in he had just moved in so it was starting to go down the crap hole pretty quick and it was getting pretty disgusting like everything around me seemed to just be constantly having to be picked up and cleaned and I was wasting a lot of energy on doing that but this son that he says is the most horrible person in the world and he would say he's a horrible person he would say like you're a horrible person you have no soul and he was gaslighting him a hundred percent because those are things about him like I thought you know like but to say those things to your son like I wish you were never born all of these things and like why can't you be more like your brother or your sister he would let them fight because my uh his younger brother was stronger than him even though he was bigger 
his younger brother was stronger so he would let the younger brother bully the older brother and the older brother would just cower and cry and then he would get made fun of for it so it was a really horrible bullying situation happening in the home and I just was like come on like I knew my loyalists in this situation because what I was trying to do was a mutiny like basically I was trying to slowly get my kids to see the truth one by one and get them to finally like come to my side and uh I wouldn't say turn against him because I never wanted them at, at the beginning I didn't want them to turn against him now he's not allowed in their life as long as I'm breathing but um so but at that time I didn't know what he had done so um and like I told him he needed counseling for his anger management and that he can't put his hands on his son that if he wants to put his hands on anybody it'd be me and I'll put my hands right back on him because he, he, I'm not gonna put up with being hit and um I'm not gonna like like say I'm a strong person he he would probably out strong me but um I'm a witty person I'm very smart and I know how to use things around me to to benefit my situation I'm resourceful so he puts his hands on me he's getting like a tire iron hit up against his head kind of thing um anyway so um, at this point, I realized that I have no control and I just have to give it to God. I'm praying what's done in the dark is to be brought to light. I'm spending a lot of time away from him, but with my kids. So I'd take my kids to one of my friend's house who I had met um, doing cosplay, which was really cool because like, I hadn't done cosplay in a long time and I got into it and now I'm obsessed and now I'm building a business out of it, which is awesome i've probably been a closet closet cosplayer my whole entire life but um doing it out in the open and just like really going at it full force just like really exciting to me like hobby wise and like funness of it and it just i don't know it gives me a lot of happiness so um i met a friend that is also friends of my family that i didn't realize like i met them at the con but then i found out they were part of my family anyway so like made two best friends that are like for life best friends that I can count on that meet all the criteria for best friend like I was amazed and not only that good person hard to find but a person like me as quirky and as weird as me one of them even had a YouTube channel and I'm like okay all right we the same person like she went through a lot of the same stuff not what i'm going through now but a lot of the same stuff in my childhood she went through like it it was almost like when we talked it was like we're the other we finished each other's sandwiches like it was that i mean s sentences i was just quoting frozen my goodness um so we we were just we we're like really and then like her best friend who was already her best friend prior to meeting me like we just became a three best friend group like we're just like a force to be reckoned with when it comes to best friends like why have one best friend when you can have two and um like I said like it's very rare for me to take on somebody as a best friend 
um, because they have to meet a lot of criteria and requirements to be that involved in my life because um, I have other people in my life that are important, my kids, and I can't afford a toxic relationship, period. I just can't afford one in my positivity bank. So um, I realized that being friends with these people, like I was getting so much positivity just being friends with them. Like we were building each other up constantly. Like you're beautiful. No, you're beautiful. No, you're beautiful. No, you're beautiful. Oh, thank you. But you're still beautiful. Thank you. You're still beautiful. Like it. it's just... I don't know like when you're around someone so positive as yourself it really like it just creates a aura of energy when you go anywhere people are like looking at you that's what happened when we go anywhere like people just like look over at us like they look like they're having so much fun and they're not even doing anything like we're just constantly smiling constantly laughing giggling like making jokes like just it's so fun to be around them but like there's no toxicity so um one I'm a little bit closer to than the other because like the the person that I told you is like just like my life her life like mirrors my life so it's just like weird a dynamic that like we are almost the same person we joke about it like we're the trinity but not like Jesus Trinity like we're just like Trinity of people who are like we're three in one but one in three and like I don't know it's just funny but um anyway back to everything going on this is gonna take freaking forever okay so um I was going and visiting them often uh but bringing my kids with me and like if they wouldn't come with me like it was hard because I was overwhelmed at the house so like I would spend like every weekday there helping them with their homework if they allowed me to or if they even did their homework because you know the rules were like there were no rules so I would be like do you have homework and they'd be like no and I'm like how do you not have homework like all week because when I was your age I had homework every single one of them should have homework but they would lie to me and he would be like how do you know that they mm -hmm. don't have homework and you know like or how do you know they have homework you're just saying that because you want to yell at them for something. And he would always make me out to be the bad guy to them. So they were just like, yeah, you just want to yell at me for something. So it was just a struggle. It was a struggle. So my positivity bank had to keep getting full because he was draining it. So I was going to see my friends on the weekend, every weekend. And I was taking my kids if they would go. And if they wouldn't, I'd be like, you know, this is my getaway. And I would fill up my positivity bank, come back full force, ready for that positivity again. And then we would all get rained out. And then I would go back every weekend. So that was like the cycle. But my kids started wanting to go with me because they saw how happy and positive I was when I came back. And they were like, we want that. Whatever that is, we want it. So they came and they had so much fun um, being around my friends and like just it they just had a blast too and my kids were accepted just as easily as I was and we all had things in common and you know like my friends are just are so cool they're just cool and um so I I was like teeter-tottering on depression because I was like depressed during the week and then going and seeing them and then coming back fully happy and then like 
you know, but then I was like realizing that I was putting my happiness in my circumstances and not in my faith. And I had to start like doing that. So I was, I don't know, I was like trying to be more calm at home and not flip out on the kids and they were like cussing at me and stuff and like not listening and not picking up after themselves. Like, I mean, we're talking like it was so bad that my kids would eat cereal in the living room, which is a rule I would never have ever. It's not a rule in my house right now. I mean, it is a rule in my house. They cannot eat in the living room. Like, they cannot. And they would eat in the living room, which was his rule. Okay, cool. They can eat in the living room. But milk would get spilled everywhere. And the kid would just be like, oh, well, and walk away. Milk everywhere. Cereal pieces everywhere and walk away. Who does that? Who lets their kids do that? And I'm like, no, you're going to pick that up. You're going to clean that up because I'm not doing it. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Who, what? Do you want to live in garbage? Do you realize that that's going to rot? If you don't clean that up, someone will clean it up. Well, none of you guys have respect for where you live, so nobody's going to clean it up but me because I don't want to live like that I'm like see you, you'll clean it up so either I a didn't clean it up and it rotted and turned into grossness which I wouldn't allow or I cleaned it up and they learned nothing but I couldn't just allow it you know like I couldn't just leave it there there were things that I left but it wasn't something that was going to cause bugs because I did not want to live in that like if they didn't pick up like wrappers of something or whatever I'd be like you know you I'm not picking that up you're gonna pick it up and it would be like a will to the death and they wouldn't pick it up and eventually I'd cave and do it but I, I tried like I was trying to get them to cave and it just wouldn't happen because they just didn't care um so one of the times I went to go see my friend this is where this is about to come out so just prepared emotionally because this is it this is what we've all been waiting for um my friend I was visiting my friend's mom actually in a different county um with her because she she wanted me there when she was visiting her mom so we were hanging out and visiting her mom and at this point, I had only had my daughter. Sometimes one kid would come with me, sometimes all the kids, sometimes some of the kids, some few. It just depended on the day or the weekend that I would go. And um, I like brought my teenage daughter this time. And she was having a good time. And she was already like coming around to the light. Like she was already telling me like, dad doesn't do what he says he's gonna do he is abusive to my brother there are things that like I catch him in lies all the time and um you know she was starting to see that I was the parent that was actually there and he was the one that was not um he was just a lazy parent like he didn't parent he was just a kid really that's how he acted was like a kid did what he wanted to do and so, um, but worse because of what you did. So, um, we're chilling at my friends. We have a great day. My daughter's just like smiling on her face. I haven't seen her really smile in a long time. So I'm like, well, I'm glad, you know, like 
you know, she's going through a lot. And I already thought she was going through a lot. Um, but there was like, okay, so leading up to that, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you guys, just, I want you to know all everything. So leading up to that, he had convinced me that, um, the situations that I saw prior were all her. Like she was, she had a crush on her dad kind of thing in, in like, he couldn't stop that and he finally saw it and was trying to like you know show her that that's not okay that's not the case okay but that's what he had everyone convinced of so people were like getting on to her like don't follow your dad around don't try to sit on his lap you're a teenager don't do this don't do that and she was tired of hearing it and she's like leave me alone all the time well she was kind of depressed about that because everyone was on her and um she, you know, she would act jealous at times. Like, he would go see his girlfriend. She'd, she'd, like, check his phone and be like, why is, you know, why is he gone so long? Or, like, why is he, he's, he's always texting her and stuff. And, like, that's the girl he's seeing behind the boyfriend's back. And she just, you know, acted in how a girlfriend would act. So, I was just, like, noticing those kinds of things. But... Um, he had me convinced, and like I said, he was a really convincing person, that it was her. And so I was like, well, she needs counseling, she needs help. And he would be like, yeah, like, I'm trying. And I'm like, no, these all these kids need counseling. All these kids need help. I'm going to find a way. And so that's what I was doing. I was trying to find a way. But he said that he had him on insurance, and he didn't. So I was like, oh, what do I do? So I, I was just like trying to fix the situation constantly from within and it was just getting very very difficult um so we're hanging out with my friend and um again another prior thing gosh I'm so sorry that happened was when he was with his girlfriend the one that lived with him a year prior that um was living with him and actually um like um, was, like, his girlfriend, live-in girlfriend and stuff, sorry, I got distracted, um, so, when he was living with her, she had come across some text messages between my daughter and him that I didn't know about, and then I never saw him with my own eyes, and, um, he told me, like, everything she said was bullcrap, and it was just all to get, like, try to get him, you know, in prison and stuff, and he would, like, be like, man, like, I would never do those things, and it, I put a big question in my head, but he explained it away, like, and everyone believed him, so I was just like, what did those message, messages say, you know, and he would always tell me, like, oh, don't worry about it, it's water under the bridge, and I would just constantly, like, you know, if it was enough to get used to the prison, it, it's got to be pretty bad. And he was like, well, no, she framed me. She, it would have been bad enough to see, get me sent to prison, but it wasn't me. I got framed because she was trying to take all my money. He just made everybody seem to be like a crazy person that was always out to get him. So I kind of saw past that at that point because I was like, oh, yeah, he did that to me. 
So when he said that the reason that he was no longer in a relationship with his girlfriend was because she was abusive and a narcissist, I knew he was gaslighting. And I knew that he was probably abusive to her and she left because of that. Little did I know she left because she also felt crazy about the relationship that my daughter and he had um, in that um she was constantly questioning it and he would be like are you sick in the head are you disgusting where you think that and it was the same thing he did to me and it drove her away um so flash forward to when me and um my daughter and my friend are hanging out um we're just like having the best time and then um my daughter keeps wanting to stay longer and longer and longer and longer and i'm like we gotta go because he's gonna flip out and he's literally like flipping out he's texting me like every five minutes like where are you why aren't you back you said you were gonna be back it'd be fine if it was just you but you have my daughter with you i don't know where she's at you never told me where you were going which is a lie because i did i did tell him where i was going but he wanted me to respond so I responded, and I was like, I'm sorry, you know, like, we're gonna be on our way soon. Well, we got in the car, and we were, oh, my youngest daughter was with me, too. It wasn't just my oldest daughter, my youngest daughter was with me, too. But she was, like, busy playing with my friend's youngest daughter, so, like, she was just, like, off on, they were off doing their own little thing with, like, a kitchen set and stuff. I almost forgot about that. So she gets, my youngest daughter gets in the car, and then her daughter gets in my car because we're still talking. So they're just playing in the back seat with an iPad and just having the best time. And me and my daughter, my oldest daughter, and my um, best friend um, were sitting on the carport and we were talking and we were having a conversation like about positivity and love and light and you know me, spreading love, light, and positivity. So gotta talk about it. And, um, we were just bouncing positivity off of each other and stuff and talking about spiritual stuff and um something made me bring up the abuse but only because my daughter um she has started seeing the truth about who he was and stuff and like I for a long time wasn't going to like bring up any of that but the things that I saw oh were just unacceptable like he hasn't changed and he was hurting my son so I felt like her knowing the back truth also benefited her and our relationship and our trust so I told her about him choking me underwater and stuff like that and um like that he was physically abusive and that I didn't cheat on him and because he made it this whole lot all these lies up to the kids that I was abusive that I cheated on him left and right and like it was literally everything he did to me he said I did to him and that he would catch me doing drugs and stuff which literally I would catch him doing and so like my daughter was just like what but then it's weird because she got like a sense of knowing like his everything that I've said has matched up everything I say I'm gonna do I do and I'm consistent he hasn't been so that that's where his testimonies against me fell through and so immediately she looks at me and she says what if I have a secret and it's so dark and so deep that it'll destroy someone's life but it's destroying me inside and I can't take it anymore and my reaction was well if it's something that is illegal or something that is 
um, life or death, hurting another person or hurting yourself, yes, you should tell. If it's like a secret about a friend then you just, you know, like found out like their parents are getting divorced or something and it's killing you not being able to tell, yeah, if your friend told you not to tell, don't tell. But if it's something that is illegal, definitely tell. Or hurting you or hurting someone else or life or death. These, those are things that like have to be told. They're not secrets. They can't be secrets. So, um, and I said it in a very calm and gentle way. I'm just like frustrated with situations. So that's why I'm like talking like this. But with my daughter, I was like, this is what a secret is. And this is what something that needs to be told is. And there's a difference. Keeping your friend's secret or keeping someone's secret is um, only okay as long as it's something that doesn't hurt other people or is not illegal and I stressed that because something was telling me to stress that the illegal part and the hurting part and the life or death part and she just out with it she said my father has been raping me and molesting me for the past three years every single day and um I hit the floor I was standing because at that point I was standing on the carport and I dropped. I dropped to my knees and to, to the ground. And I was crying. And uh, glad my friend was there. Because she was like looking at me like, get it together. Like your daughter is right there. And she needs you. So you need to like man up. So like the worst thing that could have ever be told to me. Besides your kids are dead or something. You know, like that would be horrible. The other pa parents were a nightmare. Um... So, it took me about, like, 30 seconds. I, like, wiped away my tears. I took a deep breath. And I said, honey, I'm right here for you. Just tell me. And she told me that um, he threatened her life. Threatened to throw her off of a bridge if she told. Um, I'm not going to get into details too much because trial hasn't happened yet but um he threatened her and he was molesting and raping her for the past three years and part of it was he had her manipulated into thinking that he was in a relationship with her at 11 years old because um he made her the woman of the house and he gave her my wedding dress and like um, I, I knew that the relationship had, like, it was happening when I was there. So I really, my gut was right, but there was no proof. There was nothing, you know? And like, finally she felt op like trusting enough to open up and tell me, but it's because his walls, like his, um, protection around himself fell through because he he wasn't reliable to her he wasn't telling the truth anymore and he was essentially just hurting her feelings left and right and that's why she was acting jealous because he was going to see another girl when he was still saying that he was in love with her which is so hard for me to even say because <sighs> she was 11 at the time it started and he would say like you have to turn it off you can't be jealous because other people will notice and other people like me did notice and um so he made up a lie to make it look like it was just all her 
but um and like she was confused and she didn't understand and like you know everybody as a kid has a crush on an adult I don't really believe many people have crushes on their parents um but if that did ever happen it's up to the adult to be like look this is not okay let's set boundaries you know and like let me show you what what love is you know but she had been abused before so I was thinking like it had something to do with the abuse she was acting out and stuff no it was because he was abusing her continuously in the worst way possible and I'm not even going to go into details of the stuff that she told me because it is horrible and um and yes I believe it because of the stuff that he did with me and the stuff that he made me do and I'm like oh my god like just just sick he's sick he's a sick person um and I have not come to a point of forgiving him but aftermath so my daughter tells me I go to the police immediately I come um I go straight to the police in the county that I'm in which is not the county that he lives in because it's the county that I was visiting my friend in and um he told my um or she told me and my best friend at the same time so she was like right there when everything happened and um sorry I'm getting text messages and I'm trying to like think while I'm reading anyway so he um he's at home with the rest of the kids the boys I have my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter and he has all the boys I have five kids he's three boys with, with him at that moment in time while I'm at the police station um with you know my daughters and having her tell them what she told me and I didn't ask for all the details from her because I wanted her to tell them like I didn't want to know anything like I didn't want any time to go by for her to just sit there and tell me stuff when she'd have to repeat it all over again and more time would go by like I wanted this immediately dealt with so the police in that county were like unfortunately it didn't happen in this county so we're just gonna have to table this and it's gonna have to be sent to that county it's gonna take till Monday so best bet is to go to that county right now and so I drove another hour and um, went to the county that he lived in and made the report. And we were there all night. And all night we um, were basically like, you know, muddling through the details. Well, she was. I was just her support. But I wasn't in the room with her when she was doing that because they don't allow you to be. So um, I was basically just like watching my youngest daughter and you know she was sleeping on like little chairs and eventually on the floor with a blanket because they don't have beds at the police station. And so um, there you know like we were there all night and then they tell us after we were there all night my daughter goes through every little bit of everything um, that the person on the next shift is gonna have to hear it all over again. So we're there till from like 12 o'clock at night to like eight o'clock in the morning. And then eight o'clock in the morning comes around and they're like, listen, you haven't eaten, go get breakfast. Here's $40, which was more than enough. Um, and we went and ate a nice breakfast. I told my daughter how strong and amazing she is. 
and that I'm here for her no matter what. She, for some reason, didn't think I would believe her. And I'm like, why would you think that? Um, and then she, um, had to, we had to go back. She had finished, like, talking to the police officer. And we were there till one o'clock in the afternoon. Then she had to go to a clinic to get, like, inspected. Like, I guess they do this whole, like, thing when they, like, look and check for STDs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we were there while the police officer was actually going to go front confront him and we were going to get a phone call if it was okay for us to return back to the police department or not um while we're there I get the call and it says he confessed and he's being arrested so I was like elated um because honestly that he has never confessed to anything so like that police officer was just good he was so good at what he does to get him to be able to confess to it um so there were like videos on his phone and text messages and stuff like that um but he didn't have access to that until after he was arrested the police didn't have access to that till after he was arrested because they couldn't arrest him until there was probable cause um so they arrested him took him to jail haven't seen him since thank god he's been in jail um, and now I'm dealing with the aftermath, which is the hardest part. When I had to tell the rest of my kids what was going on, dad was arrested, um, they all blamed me. You want him gone, you don't care about him, you hate him, he's always said that you were trying to get rid of him, and I'm like, what? I've never said a bad word about him to you guys, and I only told my teenage daughter what he did recently like about what he did in our past so what are you talking about and he's like you know my kids are like you you I don't believe you he didn't do that you're making this up and I'm like it wasn't me that said it it was a witness also that was there when my daughter told what what happened and um he confessed and no, he didn't. He didn't confess. I'm like, okay, well, they didn't believe me, so I had to get the police officer to tell them. Like, he confessed. So, they were still, like, I still love my dad. He's still a good person. He's still a good dad. He just made a mistake. And, like, they didn't really, like, start to get it for a while. And it's been a few months, and they're still not quite starting to get it fully. I'm still in the aftermath stage. So, um, Baker Axe after Baker Axe after Baker Axe after Baker Axe after Baker Axe because um, all my kids just went down that really bad path of like blaming themselves or blaming everything. Like, um, it's just hard. Like, the kid that was stealing and stuff got worse with the stealing and um, doing what he wants to do, doesn't think my authority is uh, good enough. Um, I, um, there, there's just literally so much garbage that I'm having to muddle through and I compare it to taking the, uh, taking hold and having to pilot a plane that is already about to crash. And the most I can hope for is not to fly the plane because it's not possible at this point in proximity from the plane to the ground. I just have to land it and make sure everybody doesn't die. That's my job right now is just keeping everybody alive 
and then eventually we will be in a better place but right now it's just one by one keeping everybody from committing suicide basically and another thing that I want to mention is that um and I'm so glad I didn't cry through this because I was like so close um but people can't understand me when I cry so that's why I've been like trying to like hold it in on my podcast usually when I talk about it with other people I cry because I'm in person and it's just more personal um but it is personal with you guys and I want you to know that telling you all this I am very emotional about it I'm just like like swallowing and trying to like keep the tears back my eyes are watery but I'm not like crying so you guys can understand what I'm saying um my youngest daughter lived with me throughout this whole situation so and that's because he was lazy and my youngest daughter was needy and like all young children are need to be clothed and etc etc um also he didn't feed my kids so when I moved in I realized that there was no food and that he was literally buying fast food every single night at about eight or nine o'clock and that's all they ate all day and he would be like well they eat at school this is their dinner but then they were home during um you know like weekends and there would be no food they would just eat once a day and I was like this is unacceptable like you have to I'll go grocery shopping like there has to be food and he would say to my youngest son it was his fault that there was no food because he would eat it all and he put that little stigma on that little boy who now thinks that poor thing that if he eats anywhere he's gonna eat everybody out of house and home like he's scared to eat at people's houses he's scared to eat at home like he's he has a he has a little bit of a a problem an issue that we're dealing with right now because of it so like literally everything that he did I'm dealing with the aftermath I'm muddling through it I'm the one that's picking up the pieces and I'm fine with that because you know what I feel like you know at least they have me and at least they trust me enough to be that person in their life yes I'm having all these problems yes like one after that like every single day is its own separate obstacle literally like each day is something hard to get through um there are times when I have to bring my children to facilities that I don't want to like with the Baker Act and things like that um you know if they're trying to kill themselves I have to keep them alive um so trying to commit suicide doing overdoing pills like overdosing on pills um um I've and I'm still doing like everything that I can my kids are pretty smart and they're pretty sneaky so like access at their their age sadly with the friends and people that they hang out with and know um is still a thing and I cannot keep my eyes 24 7 on five of them they go to school um my oldest daughter is still in virtual school come to find out like the abuse was happening then with the virtual school it was like the reason why she was out 60 something days is because he was keeping her home to abuse her um and then putting her in virtual school was like more 
reason like for her to be home so she would get abused so that's why it was every day mm-hmm. and uh no one knew about it and now she's actually like focusing on school and getting her work done and doing things and stuff so like we're getting that but then there's like another side of her where she's like i just want to like take meds and overdose on meds and she's on medications but um so some of my other kids like it's the first time in my life where all my kids are pretty much on medication except for my youngest who happens to be the one that was with me throughout and who is the strongest out of all of them that kid is god i'm gonna do a whole segment on her because i feel like when you raise up a a kid the way that they should go that is like literally like the bible says they will not depart from it she has a love for god she obeys rules she's very polite she's her empathy level is through the roof like mine she is caring she is sweet she is just so understanding of situations she knows she's never going to see her father again at six years old and i'm telling you she knows that like it's not like i'm telling her this or you know she's being told this um and she doesn't understand it. She may not understand it to the fullest level, but she understands. And she also understands what her father did to her sister, mainly because we had to ask her if she, he had ever done those things to her, which he hadn't. Um, and the police officer said it's probably because he wasn't. She wasn't at the age where he was. Her, his preference, whatever. She did. She wasn't affected physically by it on visitations when he was with her when she was with him and when we moved into the place she was like literally by my side 24 7 so except for when I went away for weekends and like I said um nothing happened with her with him so I'm thankful for that like I said I cling to any bit of ray of sunshine or positivity that I can and um I have to hurry up because my daughter has a therapy appointment very soon um, but, um, what I was saying about my, uh, she is so strong. Like, she is so strong. She tells my sister, I mean, her sister, it's okay. Like, you know, he wasn't a very good person. And it's not your fault that he's not a good person. He made bad choices. And he has to face the consequences of his choices. And I'm blown away by a six-year-old telling her older sister, like, about all this. Like, I, I honestly just, like, I'm blown away. And she knows what he did. She does. She doesn't, like, she's never experienced it. So, no, she doesn't, like, no, no. But she knows, like, what abuse is. I'm not, I don't play around with her. Like, has anybody touched you in places that make you feel uncomfortable? And, you know, like, I, she knows what no-no spots are. And she knows that her father hurt her sister in that way. And she doesn't flinch at the fact that she's never going to see him again. She's like, he's not a good person and it's better that he's not in our life. And, and just the wisdom that is coming from a six-year-old makes me stronger. Like, I, I can't even believe it. And it's because I've just constantly instilled those values into her constantly. Like, if you do something wrong, you have to face your consequences. And when you hurt other people, you have to face the consequences. And his consequences is jail. And hopefully, pr- like, prison for the rest of his life. And, um... So, um, I can't really talk about, 
unfortunately I can't really talk about the details of like how long he's probably gonna be in and everything um, the charges specifically because I was advised against that but I can say that uh, it's looking like he's gonna be in for life like in my opinion so um, anyway um, four of my five children are not okay my my youngest is like doesn't really need counseling I'm still getting her trauma counseling just because like it's pretty traumatic like the situation in general happening happening to somebody the other kids need it more um than she does although they're all getting it equally but they they need it because they're not only experienced it the trauma lived it but also got his morals and stuff so um so I'm going to kind of turn this a little bit into a like a daily um update uh maybe every other day of like the daily struggles but how I'm remaining positive today my daughter has therapy appointment and I have to make sure she gets in this car in the next three minutes so I am going to let you guys go from here I'm so sorry that it was so emotional and so deep and so dark um but that's real life you know and um I feel like there are other people out there struggling with a lot of issues and the thing that makes you human is talking about it so talk about it talk to me if you have any questions um, feel free to email me um, and the Ashley Robinson 7238 at gmail.com is the one that I am accepting emails on um, that's the email I'm using now um but yeah so email me there if you have any questions and stuff you can always message me on the anchor app um I love you guys I only have like a couple more minutes um thank you so much for all the support you guys have given and um don't give up no matter how dark and dreary and horrible life seems and as evil as there are people out there there's also good people out there and there's people out there wanting to make a difference and that's what I'm doing and I didn't know that maybe God made me this way so that way I could deal with all of this because he gave me an extraordinary amount of patience God gave me an extraordinary amount of positivity and I've always had this deep deep insight and positivity and maybe it wasn't just for spreading love light and positivity to other people but also to change my family and to um stay calm during the storm and to patiently muddle through this and stay positive because that's the only way we're going to get through it positivity and faith um perspective as well so thank you guys for listening have a wonderful day happy new year by the way Oh, and I'm a little late on that. I was going to do a New Year's post. Like I said, there are like eight posts that never made it on air because I just either broke down crying, you couldn't understand me, and I was a mess, or I couldn't finish because I just had to stop. Um, And then I have a positive one coming. I'm doing an interview with my daughter, whether, you know, like... Like, I'm still going to talk about the aftermath, but there's going to be positive things interwoven through there because that's what life needs. It's positivity all the time, so that way you can get through the dark and the dreary. Um, Spread love, light, and positivity to everybody, everywhere. Don't forget, you always have a chance to shine. You always have a chance to make a difference. And um, thank you guys so much for all your support, really. 
Um, it really means a lot. So, AshleyRobinson7238 at gmail.com if you want to message me. I'm doing a social media fast for 20 days, so I will not check my email for 20 days. Um, I have somebody, like, screening my emails, sort of. Like, if they're super important, like, court stuff. That's really, like, what they're screening them for. So, I'm not going to be able to respond for 20 days. Um, however, I will be updating on my podcast. And I will be on here, like, talking, um, you know, about everything. I don't consider this social media. I consider this a platform, um like YouTube and such whatever maybe not because I'm not like on social media you know like I don't know but I will not be doing TikToks I will not be doing lives I will not be doing Instagrams I will not be doing Facebook Messenger I will not be doing Facebook I will not be doing uh what else Snapchat I will not be doing all of those Twitter whatever I will not be doing any of those for 20 days so um you guys will not see me, my presence online for 20 days, but it's a prayer and fasting I'm going to be doing, so, um, pray for me, please pray for me, because I need as many people praying for me as possible, as many people who want to really stand the gap for this situation, because my kids need prayer, but they also need fasting, so I'm doing this, um, and my family just, you know, they need my faith to be stronger, and I need to, um, focus on them so for 20 days in the year 2020 I am giving up something for 20 days and then the next 20 days after that I'm giving something else up and we're gonna see how that 2020 uh, sacrifice is going to affect my life and um, I'm also gonna be podcasting about that so be prepared um, for the updates on that so thank you guys so much and I've already talked your ear off two hours I can't believe you listened to me for two hours like, I hope that it was an increment because you have stuff to do and I literally just wasted two hours of your day. But I really do love you guys. You're my inspiration. You keep telling me that I'm your inspiration. You are my inspiration to keep going. Thank you guys so much. Bye.